Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. again and welcome to foreplay radio sex therapy i'm your host certified sex therapist Lori watson author of wanting sex again and blogger at psychology today and webmd and i have with me dr adam matthews my co-host who's a couples therapist psychotherapist and president of ncamft foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So today's episode, Adam, we're going to talk about trauma, but really from the perspective of when your partner has been traumatized, how do you respond to that as a partner or spouse? And maybe you could start us off by talking about what you mean when you say your partner has traumatized. I think most of us think of rape or childhood molestation. Yeah, I would think of it as any uh, type, specifically here, any type of sexual trauma, other trauma whether that's physical abuse or whether that's the loss of a child or that's combat trauma, for instance, all of that, mm-hmm. it affects our sexual relationship, but right. not near as much as if one member of the couple has experienced some kind of sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and those can, that's a, there's a wide range that that happens, right? I mean, that's obviously that's rapes, any kind of sexual assault, childhood sexual abuse, date rape. Yeah. But it can also be some more things that we don't normally think of as trauma as well. That could be um, really oppressive upbringing, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of um, name, shaming. Don't masturbate. Yeah, shaming around sex. Yeah, Yeah, That's like a little T trauma. Yeah, especially any kind of recurrent shaming Uh around sex or anything like that, I think. Um, I think even really sexism a lot of times like yeah. really um, like, especially you know, if you all have, boys want this all yeah. boys only want sex yeah any kind, that of, kind of stuff absolutely. creates a, a fear about 
sex. Yeah, and so I think we could we could say yeah, little T trauma is a good way to say that. It's the it's the trauma it's that those recurrent thing messages over and over and over again that really affect our adult sex lives. Yeah, and I think. So it's not just the capital T, which are the big ones, the direct hits that our partner might have sustained, but it's also uh, the little T traumas that are recurrent. And mm-hmm. and most of us have had some of that, yeah. right? I mean, if you're a woman, I, I would say most every woman out there has had somebody make a pass that's inappropriate or, you know, I mean, there. it's just, it is ubiquitous to being mm-hmm. female, to be you know, somebody leer or say something inappropriate. And it and it seems to me, too, that we need to clarify, too, that every trauma like that, whether it's big T or little T, is going to have an effect. And those mm-hmm. effects are going to vary. Yes. Um, and every individual that goes through that is going to – comparing them is um, really dangerous, I mm-hmm. think, um, because we – one person may go through a big T trauma mm-hmm. um, much differently than the, uh, another person who went through a very similar experience. Mm-hmm. Or somebody that goes through a big T trauma may go through it, may experience in a way, in the same way that somebody that went through a little T trauma experienced their trauma and, and how they're affected. Sure. Um, and so comparing them, I think we got to make sure we get away from as well and say they affect us. Well, uh, we want to be sensitive to yeah. what our partner says, how it affected them. Yes. I mean, it's not our judgment of, well, that shouldn't have affected you in this way or shut you down sexually. It is what it is. And, That's right. And we need to be sensitive to look to the partner to say how this impacted them. That's right. I, I, I have a lot of people it. who say to me, though, Adam, you know, I'm sure my partner was molested because they're sexually shut down. Uh, and I would say that, like, particularly one partner, I'm thinking, I mean— this person, is, this guy, you know, is a super control freak, mm. you know, and just an argumentative. And at every turn when this woman tries to express herself, you know, he's all over it. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know that your wife has been molested. Mm-hmm. I think that contextually sex with you is difficult because she can never relax because mm-hmm. you're always on her like a June bug over something, yeah. you know, and it's like, I know he wants to sort of blame something historically, and maybe there is something, I, you know, I never rule that out, but I can certainly see the way the relationship in and of itself shuts down. That's just beside the point. I mean, well, I think the, the point, though, is that we shouldn't assume trauma in our partners when it hasn't been disclosed yet. Yeah. And right. I, I mean, definitely trauma does often, if it's not healed, create a sexual shutdown, but other things create sexual shutdown too. Yeah, what it, you're saying is it doesn't, it sexual doesn't go trauma both doesn't, ways necessarily. Doesn't, yeah, sexual dysfunction or dissatisfaction in life. Doesn't automatically mean sexual trauma. trauma. Yes, Yeah. absolutely. Right. But I think that the partner in healing, um, when there is sexual trauma, the partner's role in that healing really can't be understated. I think mm-hmm. one of the things, a couple of researchers a few years ago looked at all the literature on healing from trauma. And one of the things that they found was that if the person, if the survivor of the trauma was in a a relationship where the partner was supportive and understanding and in a committed relationship, it was huge in terms of how much better they were able to get, how much they were able to recover from the trauma. And so I think the partner's role in this is is vital mm-hmm. um, and, is, and, has, and they play a very valuable part um, in the healing from that from that trauma for their partner. Yeah, and we've said that that I mean relationship in and of itself is healing. You know, I was I 
when you said that, I thought about my breast cancer patients and my prostate cancer patients. Mm -hmm. You know, when their partner looks at, you know, his wife and says, you're beautiful to me after having lost a breast, or when a woman looks at a man and says, you know, you're still my guy and you're still virile and I... I think you're hot and sexy and we're going to maybe do other things. You know, that reassurance, mm-hmm. um, that love, the, the eyes that say, you know, I I love you in this way are deeply healing. And mm-hmm. I think the same in, I mean, those are actually sexual traumas. Yeah, Getting absolutely. cancer is a sexual trauma and also, it, you know, could be something historical as well. Yeah. And I think the the converse of that is also true. Right. That if the partner is not supportive, it can be really, really damaging. Right. Mm -hmm. The things that they say, either intentionally or unintentionally, if they're not thinking through how they can be supportive and what is the best way to to act in the situation, it can be really damaging Mm -hmm. um, and really re-traumatizing in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways um, Mm -hmm. to the part to the survivor there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think some of the difficulties are that. When our partner has been sexually traumatized and they are more shut down, we pay a price on that. Yeah. Right? We absolutely. have a loss. We experience something personally. And so as a therapist, we can be completely empathic. Oh, you know, this is terrible and, and it's like great empathy. But as a partner, sometimes I think there's some hardship. Well, I think, Lori, what happens too is that the partner internalizes a lot of those messages, a lot of the reactions from the sexual trauma, their partner internalizes those and thinks it's about them, right? Yeah, the rejection is about them. Yeah, and so if my partner was heavily sexually traumatized as a child and has difficulty orgasming or is not as interested in sex Mm -hmm. because she's protecting herself because sex is now unsafe, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to internalize that message and say, she doesn't desire me, she doesn't want me, she's rejecting me, Mm -hmm. when that might not be the case, right? Mm -hmm. When it may be more about... The, the trauma and not about me, but it's really hard not to internalize those messages. That's right. That's yeah. right. And especially if maybe sexual trauma is revealed over time, uh, yeah. even the little T traumas, right? Like as you get to know your f- partner's family mm. and you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, my family's open about sex. We talk about it and their family never talks about it. You know, it can be like you start to learn about why your partner is shut down, but you might have misinterpreted all along. Yeah. You know, their inhibition or their rejection, you know, and then when you realize, oh, my gosh, look at the way, you know, their mother is treating our children, Mm. you know, and not affectionate. I mean, lack of affection, ironically, is essentially a trauma. It's a little T trauma that deeply impacts the way we respond sexually. Yeah. So, I mean, seeing all of that can be over time, we can become aware of how our partner was traumatized. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that one of the places that I think also gets difficult is that if if I have never had any experience with trauma, um, particularly mm-hmm. big trauma, I think we all can maybe connect with little t trauma at some level if we think about it. Mm-hmm. But big t trauma, I think if we've never experienced it ourselves, if we've never experienced it personally, it can be a difficult thing to understand. Mm-hmm. And it can be a really difficult, the, especially the reactions, because a lot of times the reaction to big T trauma don't seem to make sense. Mm-hmm. They, they're not they're not linear. They're not logical. Right. They don't coincide perfectly with what happened to them. So even if I know about my partner's trauma, the reactions that come from that could be very difficult to understand 
if it's a place I haven't yeah. been to personally. And I think too, just while we're while we're at it, the difficulty of understanding. I think for men, there's a real difficulty in understanding in their person how unsafe the world can feel to a woman. Sure. I, I was hearing this or reading about it. They asked a group of co-ed group of people, like, how many men here can remember a time they felt unsafe physically? Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of guys would volunteer, well, I was nine years old and this bully in school was much bigger than me and attacked me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they asked the women, how many of you have felt unsafe this week? Mm-hmm. How many of you have felt unsafe you know, when you walked out into your neighborhood, yeah. how many of you felt unsafe parking your car tonight and walking in a dark parking lot to the building where we're having this meeting? And it was just stunning that so many women, you know, raised their hands in terms of feeling regularly unsafe physically, whereas mm-hmm. the men, it, you know, it was a far distant memory when they were boys. I mean, I think it's really hard to for the genders to understand the difference of experience mm-hmm. of a world that feels unsafe, you know, a woman who is at risk to yeah. be violated, to be overpowered by a stronger male, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in different worlds. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that one of the places that hit home for me is one time I was talking to a female coworker at my job and we both enjoyed running. And I talked about running before dawn when it was still dark or running late at night. How, how cool loved, that was for yeah, you, Yeah, how right? cool that was for me and running late or running late at night, um, especially we'd run in a, a park by our house. And I was shocked when she said, well, I would never, I can, would never do that. Yeah. You know, and yeah, the, are you the, crazy? The, the, the fear that she expressed there. And it was, it was just interesting. It was interesting to me. And I think that just driving home your point there, um, mm-hmm. that I think it's difficult to understand the fear that exists there and how unsafe women feel. And then I think just let taking, alone, yeah. let alone just either the, the, that's why the little T trauma is so damaging a lot of times is because it re it can reinforce some of that, those fears specifically for, for women and heighten them, let alone big T trauma. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Reinforces yeah. it. Okay. Let's take a break for play radio sex therapy with sex therapist, Lori Watson and Dr. Adam Matthews. We'll be back. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy weekend couples intensives are also offered improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible it is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help 
individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. back to trauma and what to do if you're a partner. I I just want to say one little thing that occurred to me on break about a little T trauma. I would say that the media and the expectations of the female body is like a little T trauma for women. We, We are always told we're not good enough not sexual enough, not sexy enough because we don't look like those women, yeah. you know? And so it's, I mean, talk about recurrent little T traumas that, I mean, I think it's getting more oppressive for men as well now. I was actually just about to say yeah. that, that I don't, that I, I don't think it's anywhere near what it is for women still, but I think it is growing. The number of eating disorders um, and body dysmorphic disorders for men mm-hmm. is over the last 10 years, it's one of the fastest growing issues yeah. um, for men. Yeah, so I, I think, I think culturally, those we're doing a number on people yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely now and you know when i was growing up it, it was sexy to have a flat stomach mm. you know now it's sexy to have a taut stomach right yeah. i mean you, you got to be fit i mean the standard has been raised it's not just yeah. thin it's also thin and fit and it just goes on and on but well and that and yeah. the access to i mean we could i mean and we have done whole shows on social media and on the internet and how those pictures of all your friends now who are at the gym are all mm-hmm. over the place and right. you know the that pressure is only increasing. Yeah. So, okay, back to the traumas. Go ahead. Well, partners like I, there's just some things that I think as partners supporting people who have been through sexual trauma and trying to understand that so you're you can have the fullest sex life available to you. There's just some things that I think as a partner that you can do then again okay. playing that vital role. Okay, give it to us Adam. One of them is not going to be a surprise, right? Talk about it. Talk about <laughs> like Adam's I, like mantra. That is my is, is, talk about it. Well, because communication pe- because people don't right. They, they don't. don't. Couples do not talk about sex. I think you know the average dual income couple spends about thirty five minutes a week talking mm-hmm. about non household type. Um, yeah. things like talking about each other and they're so they're most of the time they are not talking about these issues and they're not talking about sex 
And so when one member of the couple has been traumatized, particularly mm-hmm. in a sexual way, mm-hmm. to not talk about it, you're leading in with a number of assumptions, a yeah. number of fears that you're not saying aloud. Um, and it makes it very difficult to then recover sexually from the trauma. I'm reminded of a patient when I was first a sex therapist who had been molested by her grandfather. And he had literally gone through the car drive through with her and fondled her. And this was a regular occurrence. Mm-hmm. And she didn't dare talk about it. And she had kind of buried it. And she was probably, she's probably my age now. And, you know, she was middle-aged and a little dumpy and you know she kind of used her body as a blob to fend off you know supposed sexual advances even though she was very happy very happily married her husband loved her and thought she was sexy and i persuaded her you know i think you need to tell him about this mm-hmm. you, you need to be free of this and go ahead and tell him and so she was very shut down emotionally for so many reasons and she went home told her husband about this kind of in a shamed way, you know, looking down, not daring to see what he thought, because she also knew that she had, that this would hurt him, you know, that this, mm-hmm. she, that this had hurt them, mm-hmm. that it hurt their sex life. And when she looked up, you know, he had tears streaming down his face mm-hmm. and told her, you know, it's not your fault, honey. And I mean, it was so beautiful, yeah. the love and acceptance on his face and his experience of it, you know, really freed her up. Well, and what he did there, I think, is an important thing. What he did was he was an empathetic witness to the mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. I think so many times people that go through traumatic situations are either not believed or the impact of their trauma is denied or people are like, well, I wouldn't have done this or they're blamed for it. Um, Shouldn't it have bothered you? Yeah. And so people that when people experience trauma, they they tend not to not to share that. Right. For fear of all of those things, for the shame of it, the guilt of it, the fear of rejection of it. Um, And so as a partner, if you can hold that space and allow and bear witness to it and honor mm-hmm. it and be empathetic for it and, and t- say exactly what that gentleman said, which is so good. It's not your fault, right? right? And show empathy for the trauma that they've been through. I think it goes a long way to being able to to repair. Exactly, exactly. So talking about it, if you can find it, it the courage to share what happened to you. I mean, I, I really believe as a therapist that the person who was traumatized needs to share in detail with somebody mm-hmm. what yeah. happened because there's no integration otherwise. And if you're the partner receiving that, you know, you don't have to fix it. You don't have to go beat up the grandfather. You don't That's have right. to you don't have to mend it. You have to be there with your heart yeah. you open bear, you to, to hear what to your it. partner is saying. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I would say is that you have to particularly when you're um, engaging in a sexual relationship, you have to honor the the sexual needs and boundaries of the one that's been traumatized, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I'm inter- interested to know what you would, how you would say about this, because I feel like there are going to be things that as they begin to recover to be able to have a fuller sex life, you have to know that those boundaries are not permanent, right? Yeah. They're temporary, yeah. but they may need to be put into place to make sex safe mm-hmm. um, for, mm-hmm. for the one that's been victimized. So I think that oftentimes, this is dicey, but I think that... The partner has to 
be healthy enough to say, you know, but the relationship has to be sexual. I mean, yeah. we can't stop sex altogether because you've been wounded in this way because right. we are married or we are in a committed coupleship and we need – this is, for me, a sexual relationship. And and that essential assumption mm-hmm. kind of is a weight, um, a counterweight yeah. against – the person who was traumatized, anxiety about being sexual, mm. you know, because they face all kinds of things. And without any pressure, I mean, facing those monsters inside that make integration possible, you know, is hard. And so it's for the love of their partner mm-hmm. who says, yeah, but but I love you in this way, too, and it needs to be sexual. Yeah, I think you know? what you're saying is there's just a balance between between both people's needs. And I think the, the yes. partner what the partner does not need to do is to try to be a hero and deny all their needs in favor of the needs of the one that's right. Um, it, gone it's not trauma. a it's not a good thing. Like right, like yeah. we I deal with vaginismus patients, so women who cannot have penetration, um, their body literally closes down. And sometimes they tell me, you know, my partner's the nicest guy in the world. He'd never demand anything of me. And I'm like, drat you know, because she, it isn't always trauma. In fact, it's it's not, you know, even a percentage um, sexual abuse as to why she has this condition. It's, it's all kinds of issues. But she needs a partner who is insistent that the relationship be sexual. And I think the same thing, Adam, about the specifics of the sexual acts. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm so all about recovery. But let's say, you know, somebody, you know, was forced to give somebody oral sex and they can't get over that. I mean, you know, there there is a point. I mean, hopefully you can be sexual in many ways and maybe that's recoverable, too. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the specific traumatized act is recoverable. I mean, but there, might, there may first. be times not at first. Yeah. I mean, and to hope for that or insist on that. You know, would be probably sabotaging the yeah. recovery process, but but I, I'm all about hope that even things that happen because a lot of times everything's happened, right? In sexual yeah. abuse, I mean, yeah. and so you can't just you know lop off different sex acts because that was part of the trauma. You right. end up doing nothing. I agree, but I do. I think the partner, the non-traumatized partner, has to understand how unsafe sex is. Yeah, like okay. and and so like I think. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, but I think for me to be able, for the non-traumatized partner to be able to hold off and be patient on that, yes. like they mm-hmm. they then have to understand that maybe if they were traumatized because they were forced to perform oral, oral sex, that oral sex is a re-traumatization, right? Like it is, it is a... It, it could is, be. It could, well, yes, but I think like one of the things that happens if depending, and that's why it's important to talk about it, yeah. to talk about what's happening when you're when we're engaged in oral sex mm-hmm. like because if it if a right, lot of if time, she if there you know if she maybe still performs oral sex or she did when they were dating but then she says but it it actually turns out I'm dissociated yes I'm doing that or I'm having flashbacks or you know, that's uh, not healthy for either one of them yeah. for her to have to go away somewhere when she's doing this because it's a high need of his I, mm-hmm. and but and I will say sometimes in trauma you know, there probably is disappointment in terms of maybe something gets caught in that trauma and can't be recovered. Some sex act. Maybe. You know. I, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, I think you have to leave open that possibility. But I think we I think 
I think you and I have hope that they can be yeah. with work. But Fully I think, healed. Yeah, but I think one of the ways that they don't completely stop sex uh, mm-hmm. as a couple and still have sex but also work on rebuilding back to a healthy sex life is by at first, especially when the trauma is first disclosed or is first beginning to be worked on, mm-hmm. is to be able to to say what is safe and what is not. Right. And I mean, it would be a crazy expectation to say, okay, you know, everything should be on the table because that's what I want. It's yeah. like, and your partner's having suffered trauma. I mean, you need to be sensitive to that. Yeah, absolutely. So we got time for one more. One more. There's a lot that we could say about this, but I'll say this one that I think is is maybe not as talked about out there is how the non-traumatized partner can help the traumatized partner become more body and mind connected. Okay. Right? Oh, good. Because that's me. one. Well, that's one that I think I think you would agree that that's one of the things that happens in mm-hmm. sexual trauma. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that there's a split, and so you mentioned dissociation. That a lot of times the sexual trauma creates the split in us that takes us out of our bodies. Okay, right. so explain a split. A split. So it's it's the idea that we numb out a lot okay. of times or we space out or so mm-hmm. we if 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 sex is traumatic for me and then I engage in sex with my partner that a lot of times I leave I, my mind goes somewhere else mm-hmm. or um, because that was the feel. same defense you know mechanism that perhaps the child used to right. survive exactly sexual right. molestation or or a, somebody used to yeah. survive rape or date rape. They had to separate from their body, literally mind from body, yeah. and now sex, they are split. They yeah. can't be mind in body all at once. That's right. And mm-hmm. so there's lots of things to do to help re- recover from that. I mean, we've talked about a couple of the drawing the boundaries of stuff is one. But the one that I think is is so helpful is helping your partner recover sensuality and not just sexuality. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that may mean um, being open to to massage, to talking about that or to talking about where it's safe to massage, any kind of body work, going mm-hmm. to get couples massages together, mm-hmm. um, um, doing things that are physical together. You're really talking about progressive desensitization, yeah. right? That maybe taking it slow, maybe the person learning that I can tell this person how where to touch me, when mm-hmm. to stop touching me. I can be in control of that. I can yeah. learn to relax my body with touch is mm-hmm. a good beginning place mm-hmm. and something that a partner can offer. Yeah. And yeah. and just help their partner be aware of the senses just in everyday life as well. Uh-huh. Right. Being able to connect with feeling feeling a breeze on your skin when you're walking outside and commenting on it and talking about it. Um, smells and identifying areas of their body that have been really hurt that is, that may have been hurt in the trauma that are very mm-hmm. sensitive to to being touched and just just commenting on what those things feel like asking mm-hmm. is it safe to touch you here yeah you because know? the trauma resides actually in our bodies yeah as well as in our minds I think you're making a really important point that sometimes it's not just cognitive remembering or talking mm-hmm. about it sometimes it is literal physical recovery of owning the body that helps us get over trauma. Absolutely. Yeah. Smart. You're a smart man, (laughs) Dr. Adam. Okay. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. We're trying to help you out there with trauma. We know it's a big deal. And we know it's a big deal if you're a partner of somebody who has been traumatized. And we feel for you. Please get help. That is one thing we really think therapy is super important for. Thank you for listening to us. This is Lori Watson and Dr. Adam Matthews. 
Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.